Our deepest desire is to know that we are worthy, worthy of loving and being loved. This podcast explores how to love, how to love fiercely, and how to be guided by the heart and trust in the most powerful energy in the universe, love. Our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Welcome to What Would Love Do? Thanks for listening. Hello, beautiful soul, wherever you are, as always, I hope you're having a remarkable and blessed day. And hey, look, if it's one of those days, I really want you to know that you are not alone and that these days that are challenging are a reminder for us to tune into our heart trust the guidance of the heart and know that we have everything that we need to grow through this moment and learn from it and on the other and the other side is just waiting for us to meet it okay so yeah that's a spectrum of the the spectrum of what it is to be human so welcome to episode 20 episode 20 i wanted to explore regret now this is going to be really interesting you know um Up until recently, up until probably listening to an interview with Brene Brown on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey, regret has has been like this bumper sticker kind of experience for me. And I've always said, oh, I don't regret anything in life. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I love where I'm at and it's because of all the choices that I've made, irrespective of whether they're um, you know, the outcome, I, I believe I've grown as a person. So I never saw, you know, I, I never had a regret um, that about my past. I just haven't had a regret. And, yeah, there were really challenging and difficult times, especially, you know, um, when I was going through anxiety, depression and that self-harm stuff. And then, you know, further in there were just, you know, just stuff that I, that went on in my 20s. Um, and then going through miscarriages, accidents, divorce, you name it. Like, you know, there was a lot of stuff that had occurred and I'd often say, no, I don't have any regrets from it because I'm now on the other side, right? And so I think I'm really proud of who I've become and how I've grown through those opportunities. However, now Brené Brown has actually altered the way that I saw regret. So I'm going to read something that she said about regret. She says, and this is from Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. This is that interview. I've grown to learn regret is a fair but tough teacher. Regret is a function of empathy. So when people say I have no regrets, I think that seems dangerous to me. It goes against uh, yeah, so actually that's that's all she said. So when people have when so when people say I have no regrets, that seems dangerous to me. And the other thing that stood out for me from what she said is regret is a function of empathy. She then talks about, you know, look at how we treated other people. Surely there must be a time when we regret we weren't that much kinder, that much more empathetic, where we've um, you know, acted from fear and over courage or what I consider love. 
And then I started thinking about it. And it's so true. Like there are moments where I can look back on my life um, and I could say, safely say that I regretted how I behaved and how I treated another human being. So then I started thinking, you know, maybe if we started looking at regrets as a function of empathy, as um, a way to connect and understand our own humanity, it takes the charge away from it. And then regrets become something that can give us an insight from when we have acted from fear or out of fear. So when we talk about regret, we're not talking about the monumental moments such as a divorce or having a miscarriage or that breakup or, you know, that failed business. We're talking about the little moments. Well, when I say little, it's the moments where we're in conversation with another person or we fail to do something that we know to do. And when we can be the observer of ourselves in those situations, especially the observer of ourselves in situations which seemed uncomfortable or uncertain, and if there's the experience of regret and looking back going, yeah, I could have done better there. You know, I could have shown more empathy. I could have shown more consideration. I could have been more kind. We can then start looking at and putting a microscope over what we said or what we failed to say, what we chose to believe instead of honoring, you know, I guess when I talk about what we chose to believe is I believe we can take on limiting beliefs that, you know, hide us or hinder us from acting out of love and moving towards fear. So such a thought that could do that is, you know, ask yourself, is the world a hostile place or is the world a loving place? Like just like beliefs like that where, you know, the, the power lies in the question, not the answer. And then really start to uncover, wow, like, and, and being okay with, wow, like I actually think that maybe the world was a hostile place and that's probably why I had my guard up and, well, who can I be now? What, what, how can I dismantle this belief? You know, um, so, yeah, sorry, I digress. But what I'm saying is, you know, once we become the observer of ourselves in moments where we have failed to show up with love, we can then start asking, hey, what happened in that moment? What was I thinking? Uh, what was I holding true? What was I not letting go of? How did I fail to show up? How did I want to show up versus how I did show up? And why? Ask yourself why. What was the thing that held us back? So when I heard this interview from uh, with Brené, like from Brené Brown with Oprah, I immediately went. There was this memory um, of me in primary school, and I'm, you know, I, I remember I'm probably in year four to year between year four to year six, and it's probably you know during those that period of primary school, so I'm about nine to twelve, and I remember. Um, her name was Claire Jessup. She was in what we called, like, you know, back then they called it special class and which sounds so terrible, right? Like, and the special class were for people who had disabilities. Now, Claire Jessup had epilepsy. I didn't even know what epilepsy was, um, except I just knew that she was just shaking around a lot. And what happened with Claire was that I would be nice to her if my friends weren't watching. 
and I would pretend that I didn't know her when friends were watching and it was almost like I was ashamed to be nice to another human being um and you know we can't keep using the words that kids are cruel because kids learn this behavior from whatever it is you know like adults and so what happened was you know um I used to love you, you know when students had when when students in this special class so they were either students that had English as a second language or had some kind of disability. Um, you know, these were the children that were outcasted and these were the children that, you know, probably were teased and ostracised in school. The thing was I didn't feel far from that. I really didn't. Even though I seemed to be a normal kid, I felt, you know, I didn't have any friends and, and the few friends that I had or the few times that I didn't feel bullied in school, you know, I was like, I yeah, like I didn't want anyone to know that I felt this way with these other human beings or like these other students. So anyway, what would happen is, you know, whenever we had tests or exams, um, I would be one of the students that would, they called them scribes. So I would help, I guess, the students that had difficulty writing so I would be the scribe for them in the exams and the tests. And I loved doing this. It was a volunteer thing. And, you know, the, the children or the other fellow students would feel really safe with me. And I felt, yeah, like I think the purest form as a child is that feeling of connection, that feeling of love, that feeling of empathy. So in those moments I was, you know, I, I saw them as another human being and I could see myself in them. I could see the pain of being ostracized. I could see the pain of feeling lonely or being bullied or thinking that you're different. So the reason why I thought I was different was because I was born in a town called Wollongong. And now back then, there weren't that many Asians, right? And so, you know, racism was a thing. And yeah, I mean, the world has changed a lot in the last almost 40 years. But back then, like, uh, yeah, like, you know, it, it was, uh, I came from an Asian family and, you know, we were just really different. My, my family was really different. Well, one, my parents weren't married. And so that, and I went to a Catholic school, you know, and my dad was Buddhist and my mom was Catholic, but she didn't really go to church. And um, I was born out of, you know, there was just stuff that makes you feel like an outcast. So anyway... When I'm with these students from the special class, I could see myself in them. I could feel their pain. I could empathize with, they're going, with how they're feeling and being bullied. But yet what would happen is when we're in the playground, um, I would pretend that I didn't know her. And I remember Claire's face. Like I can still remember her face so vividly, you know, and it's, it's quite emotional just thinking about it because, um, you know, as students, you know, when you line up and you've got to hold hands. So I was kind of one of the last in lines and so was Claire. And, you know, you're supposed to hold hands and I could see the few friends or, you know, the people that accepted me sort of were looking on going, ooh, and they were saying, oh, you know, you got to hold Claire's hands, Jimmy germs and all of this stuff. Um, and I felt so embarrassed and I felt like, oh no, here's more evidence on why I'm going to be rejected and bullied. And I looked at her and I 
you know, I, I had to, well, because we had to hold hands, I went and grabbed her hand to hold it. And my interpretation from that memory, when I look back, like, I mean, I don't know what's reality, right? But because remember, uh, we only have like a 50% chance of accuracy when we think back on a memory. But when I think back on that memory, my guess is that Claire felt so judged and that I was doing something out of obligation and she felt that she was an unworthy human being. And how I've taken that memory is that I created that. You know, I didn't have the the courage to be proud to hold her hand and the courage to go hey we're all we're all human beings yet I knew that you know so when we talk about regret that memory immediately came up and in that moment I realized you know when when I look back yeah regret can be our teacher I you know and from that moment what it taught me was that yeah you can always be kind always choose kindness always choose to see the light in another human being, to choose their heart because at the end of the day we're all human beings doing the best we can with what we have. And every human being wants to be seen, heard and valued. Um, And it starts from when we're children. So when Brené Brown mentioned regret, like, you know, look back on the moments and what you'll find that you regret is where you have failed to be nice, where you have failed to choose love, where you have failed to be kind. So that's pretty powerful. You know, it really altered the way that I saw regret. Now, another moment that I can share about regret is, um, you know, probably up until... (laughs) probably really recently so I'm 37 and I'm thinking maybe even around the age of maybe it was only around the age of around 30 that I actually kind of was able to be myself in friendships and up until that point you know I had these amazing friends around me but yet I did not know how to be vulnerable or how to be open or even you you know let them in on my life and so you know I was always traveling by myself and that seemed quite normal because the idea of even asking someone to come traveling with me or even consider being in my company I was like why would they want to be like you know and so I had this friend and we went to um so in year 11 and year 12 I changed schools and there was this one friend, her name was Noelle Kim, and she was one of the first people who welcomed me with open arms. And, you know, during year 11 and 12, it was quite rough for me. I had a lot of family issues and that was, you know, probably in the midst of when I was cutting myself and feeling depression and what have you. And she was always there, you know, she was always there. Like, I struggled a little bit to, or I struggled a lot to even believe that she wanted to be in my company. However, I probably what I regret in that friendship is I regret that I could openly share with her how much she meant to me. So, you know, we were friends for, like, you know, we were closest friends for ages and we had a falling out at around uh, the age of, 26 
And all that happened was, okay, so I was getting married. She didn't really like my ex-husband. And you know what? Sometimes I look back and I go, you know what? Your friends probably know you better than you know yourself. And and she um, – but then I took that to think that she wasn't being supportive of me. And, you know, she actually really did not like my ex-husband. And she was like, you know, this isn't right, this isn't right. And I took that as she's not supporting me, she doesn't love me, and she's not happy for me. She um, – She's being spiteful. So I took it the wrong way. So then we ended up falling out and, you know, because I was so hurt and I didn't know how to even talk about it with her, you know. Um, she, yeah, I didn't even make her a bridesmaid because I thought she hated him so she didn't deserve. But it was kind of like, you know, if I could actually knew how to sit down and talk to her and be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm really sad that I feel like you're you're not supporting me and actually hear her out and probably no realize that she's coming from a place of love, I would have acted out of defense. And maybe to this day, maybe we would still have a friendship. However, yeah, because of that, we, you know, for those 10 years, she was really my rock and um, she loved me unconditionally like I don't think any other friend has. But yet I failed to feel that. I failed to feel or allow the love in because I just didn't think that I was worth it, like worthy. I just thought maybe she's feeling pity on me. Like this is, I know this is crazy talk, but, you know, sometimes um, I feel like, yeah, why would people want to hang out with me or why would people want to see me? I've just never been one of those people that had a large group of friends. You know, I have a lot of one-on-one connections and I might see them once every month, two months or three months, but I've never had that big group of friends or friends that, you uh, you know, I just go hang out with, I've, I've, and I guess growing up in a really strict family, you know, that was just one of the things, like the fallouts of that. And so when people said, hey, they, they want to hang out with me or they value uh, my company, I, I find that a bit, well, now it's okay, but before that I just thought, no, they're just feeling sorry for me. And so one of the things that, you know, when we talk about regret is I really do regret not being able to tell Noelle I guess, uh, how much she meant and how much I valued the friendship and, yeah, and I guess just being able to, like, receive the friendship, the gift of her friendship and be able to have the courage to have had that conversation. And then, of course, the other side is, you know, it is what it is and everything, I truly do believe everything happens for a reason Um, and these things can allow us to grow and we can always learn from it. So when we talk about, you know, these like these moments of regret, we're not saying that uh, we haven't learned from them or grown from them or that we wish we could change the outcome, but it's more like, oh, okay, well, I observed that's how I was and, you know, I wish I could have been that much more courageous or that much, that little bit kinder or, have empathy so I think what Brené what I took from Brené Brown in talking about regret is how can we see regret for what it is and free from the lens of judgment so you're not judging it going oh if you're saying you regret something then therefore you're not proud or that you want to alter the outcome of what is no I love what she says regret is a function of empathy and 
so we're looking at those those moments and going where did I fall from grace how did I choose to live from fear over love so I think like you know she she really framed it in a powerful way for me in terms of regret because I feel that regret when we can actually lean into and accept regret for what it is we're looking at those moments where we can grow from how we acted from the space of fear we can observe how we acted out of fear and understand wow fear was in the driver's seat the fear of rejection the fear of abandonment the fear of being unseen the fear of not fitting in the fear of being unloved and regret always lives in the moments where fear is in the driver's seat um so when we can bring awareness to the moments when fear is in the driver's seat, we can then make a choice little by little, day by day. And like the late, beautiful and extraordinary Maya Angelou says, when we know better, we do better. So over to you. I'm going to ask you, you know, what, you know, when we talk about regret, what has been your initial experience or relationship to regret? And the other thing is in sharing what Brené Brown now talks about regret and how Brené Brown frames regret, which is regret is a function of empathy. And when people say, I have no regrets, I think that seems dangerous to me. And Brené says, then I've grown to learn regret is a fair but tough teacher. I mean, does that influence how you've, or does that shift how you see regret? Does that shift how regret can now be an empowering teacher rather than be something that we're ashamed of or that um you know we think oh no like if you have regrets you're you're weak or you're vulnerable and you're you know you wouldn't be where you are um if you have regret uh based on your past however you know when I when I think about regret it's not about the monumental circumstances I'm talking about the conversations that we missed out on where we didn't show up in love where we were acting out of fear and hiding and not yeah, I guess not showing up or not having the courage to live. And so the other question is, you know, what moments now, if you think about that, can you be kinder? What moments called for more courage that you, where you didn't show courage? What moments called for vulnerability and authenticity? And uh, what can you learn from that? Hey, would love to hear from you. Would love to hear the insights from this. I hope this lesson has been of value. I look forward to our next episode. And as always, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the generosity of your listening. Thank you for the generosity of your space and for being so open to hearing these ideas and um, being an advocate and uh, being part of the movement to choosing to live from love over choosing to living from fear. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Looking forward to our next episode together. Take care. Bye.